Hello and welcome to the Catherine Plano podcast. Yes, we have a new show with new episodes. The format of the show is a little bit different. It is broken up into three parts. The first part, Moments of Awe, where I share actionable tips, strategies and coaching models that you can implement in your daily life for massive improvements. And a new part of the show, Tips from My Pen, where I share my insights from my morning pages. And last but not least, Purposeful Conversations with our Radical Shifts series, where we have honest chats with change instigators, compelling creators, and interesting humans who are breaking the cycle of convention and redefining success one mission at a time. So join us here every week for new lessons on how to lead a life that matters, how to escalate your life after failure, and how to inject more meaning, connection, and resilience into your life. Now let's jump into your weekly dose of practical goodness. Have you ever wondered if you make the moments in your life or if the moments in your life make you? Or have you ever wondered how different your life would be if that one thing didn't happen? And what about if you knew your purpose in this life, how would you live your life differently? Well, Moments of Awe episodes are all about allowing yourself more moments of awe wonder and inspiration with a touch of curiosity courage and heart where every month I get real and up close to share some of my own raw life experiences lessons learnings failures and aha moments because when we tell our stories authentically we can really help each other to expand the mind and soul and live our best lively hearty ecstatic and most inspired life. To get the best out of these sessions, grab a pen and paper or journal, sit yourself down in a quiet space and enjoy the moment. So here we are again. I am so honored and grateful that we get to hang out again sharing moments of awe. So this week, the title of the show is The Trick to Building Stronger, Happier and Healthier Relationships. Do you have a hard time knowing your feelings or that you even have them? Do you need a lot of reassurance but have trouble believing in them? Are your behaviors unpredictable and hard to categorize? Well, there's a good reason for it. Do you remember the very first time you fell in love? It didn't matter what was going on around you. There was just you and your significant other. They could do no wrong. As a matter of fact, no matter what they did, you were forgiving because the sun was shining out of their crown chakra. You were head over heels in love and it was like heaven on earth. Fast forward ahead of time, now you are in this relationship, feeling trapped, stuck and powerless. Or maybe you feel that you don't even matter in this relationship. You feel unseen, 
unheard and misunderstood or you feel that you are not good enough, not worthy enough of love and thus feel unsafe in this relationship. Now, none of it is good or bad, right or wrong. You are not broken or damaged. You may be experiencing an insecure attachment style. Insecure attachment styles are a very common thing and part of human conditioning, but it's not the healthiest, most vibrant, authentic self that you can be. There are four attachment styles, secure attachment style, and then three insecure attachment styles, which are anxious attachment, disorganized attachment, and avoided attachment. Now, these attachment styles play out every single day with acquaintances, friends, family, and romantic or work relationships. They impact how we make decisions. They show up in business when we are negotiating and even how we relate to money. Now, in this episode, we are going to unpack each style. We are going to deep dive into what are the core wounds for each attachment style and the associated triggers. We are also going to look at some super cool coaching models to help heal any insecure attachment style and show you how to move from insecure to secure in a jiffy. And of course, I will always give you three shiny golden nuggets for every moment of all together. Let's get started. Shiny golden nugget number one. So why is it important to understand the different attachment styles? Well, if you've suffered from anxiety, depression, or relationship problems, a psychological theory called attachment theory can help you get to the root cause of your difficulties and give you a greater understanding of what is going on. Research shows that attachment styles affect our performance in many areas of life, including physical and mental health, finding a compatible romantic partner, and our behavior in family, social, and work context. Once you know your own attachment style, you will be able to predict what your response is likely to be in different circumstances. For example, if you have an avoidant attachment style, you fear rejection and may decide not to go for a promotion at work. When you realize that your fear of rejection is caused by your carer's own difficulties when you were little, it may help you change your own mindset. By identifying your attachment style, you can learn to challenge your insecurities, develop a more securely attached way of relating to others. So here is the impact if we don't heal our attachment wounds. If you don't heal or clear these wounds, they will get worse over time and you'll become a bitter, grumpy old person. Or you may never experience the feeling of deep love, which is the highest vibrational frequency in the world. Love makes the world go round, right? Or the number one human need is connection, love and belonging. So if you let these wounds run your life, you will always be searching for the true meaning of life, never really happy or satisfied with life. Besides, relationships teach us so much about ourselves because we are constantly projecting our wounds onto our significant other and beyond. And if we want to evolve, grow and flourish, then how can we, if we don't have our mirror that is the reflection of our behavior to help us heal 
and learn from our wounds. Another reason why it's important to understand these attachment styles is not only is it going to help you, but it can help your caregiver heal their wounds and maybe save their relationship too. You know why? It's no one's fault. It's not your fault, not your parents' fault, not your primary caregiver's fault. These are just programs. They are patterns. They are not who you are. There are many reasons why even a loving, conscientious parent may not be successful at creating a secure attachment bond with the child. The causes of your insecure attachment could include having a young or inexperienced parent lacking in the necessary skills, or maybe that your caregiver experienced postnatal depression from isolation or lack of social support, or maybe they had a traumatic experience, maybe a serious illness or an accident, or there could have uh, been separation from your primary caregiver due to illness maybe, divorce, death, or maybe even inconsistency in the primary caregiver so that you experienced many nannies, daycare centers, to home-based childcare centers, or maybe frequent moves or placements, for example, constantly changing your environment. So as you can see, there is great value in us becoming familiar with these insecure attachment styles and see how they are playing out before they continue to cause havoc. Okay, let's go to shiny golden nugget number two. So what are the four attachment styles? Let's first look at your development years. So from the time that you were born right up to the age of seven, which is what is called your imprinting phase, this is where your brain is in theta state. And this is um, in theta state is when the brain is hypnotized. So whatever happened at that time, whether it's the way that your parents were behaving, and this is called parenting programming, or the things that you experienced with your siblings, or the things that you experienced at school, maybe the things that you read in books or saw on TV, all of this information was downloaded into that unconscious part of your mind. It's like downloading software into your hard drive. In our imprinting phase, this is where our brain is most malleable and very much influenced by what is unfolding in our environment as, and we take that as our reality. Therefore, then this becomes our map of our world. We witness what is taking place between our caregivers and then between our caregivers and us. And based on those relationships, Uh, And based on those behaviors that we experience, we form this map of how relationships work. The behavior of our caregivers is the first example of social interactions that we are presented with. So it uh, then becomes information of how relationships work. Let me bring it to life for an example. Let's say it's your first day at kindergarten and you want to wear your pink glittery, sparkly shoes, and your caregiver won't have it. Instead, they force you to wear your black plain shoes and tell that tell you that for your first day, you don't want to stand out. You don't want to call too much attention to yourself on your first day. And you, as a six-year-old, all you're hearing is it's not good to stand out and need to play by the rules to fit in. 
So anytime there is a punishment or a reward for a certain behavior, you as a child will start to associate certain behaviors as ultimately good or bad. Let's use another example. Let's say you are having a bad day and your caregiver doesn't acknowledge or validate what you are experiencing and say, don't worry about it, darling, it's nothing, you'll be fine and brush it off as if it's nothing. Then again, you as a six-year-old start to think that your experiences and your emotions are not valid. You start to associate these experiences with there must be something wrong and then you start to question your whole internal process. So I talked about the first part of your development stage, which is your imprinting. Let me explain your second development stage of your life, which is modeling. And this happens between the age of 7 and 14 years old. This is where you start to become a little bit more conscious and look external of yourself. This is when you start to seek your identity. And this is why it's called modeling because we model people that either inspire us or those that we aspire to be like. So it could be simple and I always like to relate this back to my son. I remember my son had to have a certain haircut, certain color like sneakers, certain type of jean, a brand jean, and you can see that they they were modeling one another, okay? So I'm sure by now you can see that depending on what kind of caregiver you had, you'll develop different behavioral tendencies as an adult. So what are the four attachment styles? So small children develop one of four main attachment styles in response to the care they received from their parents or other carers during infancy. So carers who are sensitive to children's needs foster a secure attachment style. Uh, Carers who become distressed and retreat when their children are upset create an avoidant attachment style. Carers who respond sensitively but are often distracted from their caregiving create an anxious attachment style. And carers who harm their children through neglect or abuse create a disorganized attachment style. Neuroscience tells us that nerve cells are neurons that wire together, fire together. So in other words, every time you learn something new, your brain physically changes. So the neurons are connecting and the brain is being wired, literally. So in the relationship with our primary caregiver, we are being wired for connection. So as children, we depend on this person for food, for love, understanding and survival. So we adapt our behavior to suit the situation we're experiencing in that relationship to stay alive, fed and loved. So if the primary caregiver was not available or inconsistent in their availability or even abusive, the attachment bond created is called insecure. And so researchers have identified three distinct insecure stars which is anxious attachment, and this develops clingy and insecure traits as an adult. Avoidant attachment, this develops intimacy issues and can be cold as an adult. And disorganized attachment, and this is a combination of the two, anxious and avoidant. Uh, And they can flip from being clingy or distancing themselves. And often the result of trauma in the relationship with the primary caregiver. So let's 
get deep dive into each one. So a secure attachment, the ideal is, is secure attachment for all of us, right? Which means that you had caregivers that were very emotionally attuned to your needs, you felt seen, heard and validated. Now, I don't know and I haven't seen or found any research that says that somebody is 100% secure attachment. So we can oscillate between secure, anxious, anxious, avoidant, um, and depending on what triggers you, right? So if you're in a a secure attachment, as an adult, you are able to identify with your emotions, you have strong empathy towards others, you also have a strong ability to self-regulate, you have strong self-esteem. And comfortable with intimacy and independent as well. The next one is anxious attachment. So the main thing with anxious attachment is that there was a feeling of not getting your needs met as a child. So now whether whenever you're feeling that those needs aren't being met, again, you get activated and it's a very triggering situation in your nervous system. So some of the triggers could be um, for an actually attached person is their partner not responding to their text messages or their calls for a long period of time. And then they start experiencing anxiety. And this also starts, uh, imagine like starting a relationship. So you can see how we can oscillate when you first start a relationship. You can be an anxious attachment because you might have strong feelings towards somebody, but you don't know if it's reciprocating or reciprocal because they're not texting you back. Another potential trigger is if your partner is acting more independent, like making new friends, picking up new hobbies, or... Another potential trigger is if you, as the anxious attachment, hear your partner communicating doubts or fears about the relationship. So they might um, catastrophize it or automatically assume that the relationship is falling apart. And sometimes they even self-sabotage their own relationship. Let's go to the next one, which is avoid avoidant attachment. So with avoidant attachment, you had caregivers emotionally neglecting you. So this can be cold caregivers who didn't validate emotions or try to shut down your emotions or anything or any time that you try to talk about your emotions, your caregiver didn't, didn't know how to respond. So in the most extreme cases, this can be caused by actual physical abandonment. So it can be as simple as if your parents or caregivers were working really hard and they had to leave you with strangers or people that looked after you so they could go to work. Um, and Or your caregivers gave you big responsibilities as a child. And now you feel like the parent of your caregivers. So this makes the avoidant attachment style to detach and only try to meet their needs by themselves. So they won't ever be let down by others. So this style is the least likely to want to change because they feel uh, unsafe in the hands of others. And, And because they have over their lifetime built their whole personality about being uh, independent. Right. So the potential triggers for avoidant attachment is if a partner wants to get too close or a partner wants to open up emotionally or um, having to be dependent on others or feeling like the relationship is taking too much of their time 
or if they're, you know, their partner's too demanding for their attention. So you can see it's completely the opposite to the anxious attachment, which is very clingy and want to be with somebody. And let's go to the last one, which is disorganized attachment. So this is having hot and cold caregivers or having very high unpredictability in the home, such as having a unsafe or chaotic household. So disorganized attachment can have a lot of fear towards their caregivers. So this could be if your primary caregiver raising you with consequences and fear. In other words, if you don't do this, I will take this away from you. Or if you don't complete this task, you're not allowed to play with your friends. I think you get what I mean. So this is common in people raised by someone with borderline personality disorders or other um, mental health disorders. So sometimes when an anxious, preoccupied person experiences a severely traumatic heartbreak as an adult, they can then become disorganized attachment style. So potential triggers for disorganized attachment style, it could be, and, and this remember, this is a combination of anxious and avoidance. So it could be from an anxious point of view, a partner behaving inconsistently, a partner uh, distancing themselves or being distracted, or if a partner forgets important events such as birthdays or anniversaries, etc., or even if a partner comes home late and um, fails to notice something like a new haircut. But then the, the flip side of that is the avoidance. So potential triggers for disorganized attachment is if a partner attempted to become too emotionally close or un- unpredictable situations or feeling out of control or having to be dependent on others or a loved one confronting them with intensity or creating an an argument. So I think by now you have an overview of what the four attachment styles are, and you can see how these insecure attachment styles can play out in your business too. So let's go to shiny golden nugget number three. How to heal and move you from insecure to secure attachment style. So the first step to healing our wounds is to be consciously aware of them. So me, from just sharing this knowledge with you and you connecting with some of this information is the first step. Because all of these attachment styles reside in the unconscious part of our mind. Uh, that five or six-year-old child that still resides in that part of our mind. And this is where the inner child work is amazing And you can find out more about that in my latest book or upcoming workshop, The Deep Work. If you're interested, I will have the links in the show notes. The next step is to identify your triggers. And this is where daily journaling is important. You can write what feelings were activated and on the flip side, what feelings were not activated in certain situations. Also acknowledging what situations you are feeling safe and when you are not feeling safe. And noticing what those triggers are and recording them is of great importance because this is how we become aware of our unconscious patterns. You see, when you are aware of your triggers and why you are triggered, they no longer hold power over you. And instead of you reacting, you respond. Two very different energies. So for example, if you are anxiously attached and you want to seek closeness and comfort when you're triggered, then a really good recommendation is... Uh, finding ways to soothe yourself, right? 
And doing the inner child healing work, like I have a photo, everyone knows that I have a photo of me of when I was a child. Uh, and so sometimes I do that. I actually connect with my inner child. And just by doing that and telling that little girl of mine uh, that she is good enough, she is uh, worthy enough, uh, that it's okay, she's safe, right? So this also helps uh, with the self-soothe soothing um, uh, as part of you healing your insecure attachment style. Um, but what about if you're avoidantly attached? Then it's about reminding your body that you can have connection with somebody without being overwhelmed uh, with intimacy. And this could also um, indicate that um, you need to work on your boundaries, right? Because you can still have boundaries and you can still be independent. Uh, and you can still be in your in a relationship and still be your own person. So anyway, doing this will teach your body and mind it's safe to share these things. It's safe to be here. And then you have to model um, what is a secure attachment uh, or what a secure attachment is. So other really important how-tos is... And I would like to mention four. The first one is to improve your non-verbal communication. I mean, body language is 55% of our communication. So at any age, developing how well you read, interpret, communicating uh, with others non-verbally can help improve and deepen our relationships with other people. The second one is boosting your emotional intelligence. And this is the ability for us to understand, use and manage our own emotions in a positive way uh, to emphasize with our partner's needs as well as how we can communicate more effectively and deal with conflict in a healthier way. The third one is resolving our childhood traumas. And this is where the inner child work is so powerful. As I mentioned, I am offering a two-hour workshop with the book called The Deep Work where we go deep into resolving childhood trauma. And then, of course, develop relationships with people who are securely attached is the last one because having a strong, supportive relationship with someone who makes you feel loved can play an important part in building your sense of security. So the trick to all these solutions is that you can he heal and you can only heal and move from insecure to secure is when you are present in the now moment, not in the past or not in the, in the future, but in the now moment, which is really important. This is where the deep work starts. Okay, that is it for today. As always, I would love to hear from you. So if you have any questions about this episode or if you have had an aha moment or an insight, Please share your experience on Instagram or comment on any of our podcast platforms. Thank you so very much for listening to this episode. If you feel that this episode will help another, please pay it forward by sharing this episode because we rise by lifting others. Well, until the next time, my dearest ones, sending you much love, peace and blessings. Namaste. Thank you so very much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard and this topic really resonated with you and you think it will help others, please click on share show with your friends to help make a difference. 
And if you want to be part of our mission to help empower the conscious people of this world to learn and grow, then the best way to get involved is to click on follow show or leave a review on iTunes so that we can give you a shout out on the show. If you have been a long time listener of the show, you know we are big on delivering content that is valuable for you. Content that will address your pain points. So if you have any questions or ideas for a podcast show, please reach out and we will create the content to meet your needs. Yes, you heard right. If you have topics, themes or special guests that you want to hear from, please send us a note to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will create a show especially for you. Wherever you are in the world, sending you love, blessings and peace. Namaste.